Hey guys, how's it going? Sunny D here. Thanks for tuning in to the YFYI podcast. On this episode, I'm getting to the nitty gritty of financing, construction. How am I going to build this thing? Who's got my money? What do you do if you don't have any money, but you have a vision, you have a dream, you have an idea that's keeping you up at night and you want to get going? Well, in this episode, I'm talking about that and more because that's exactly where I found myself when I was starting my company. So I'll share with you some of the things I was able to pull off, some of the things to consider, whether you're building from the ground up, you're rehabbing, you're bootstrapping, all of these things I'm covering on this episode. This is one of our live story time recordings that we do every morning. So hopefully you got your notebook ready to take some notes. Um, Now on to the podcast. All right. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Hope you guys are doing well, ready to rock and roll. Story time with Sunny D is on and it's popping. How you guys doing this morning? Feeling good? Ready for a little story time? Ready for another story time? So I've been doing this now. This is 19 episodes. So we're 19 episodes deep, which is kind of crazy to think about that. 19 days. You know, it's one way to keep track of where we're at with this whole quarantine thing, right? So 19 days of story time have happened. And 19 days, hopefully... Uh, not too many more days, but we've been together for 19 days doing story time. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Thank you for tuning in. Whether you're tuning in on Twitter, whether you're tuning in on um, Instagram, wherever you're tuning in, however you're tuning in, uh, thanks for being here. I'll be your host for the next hour. Sunny D, that's my name. I'll be your host with the most. And we'll be talking a little bit about our, our topic of the day, one of our chapters that we're going to go into, a little bit we're going into about your first year is a salon owner. Now, some of you guys, I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to just step away from the camera for a second. Uh, some of you guys may not be salon owners. That's all good. Um, some of you. I know I've had quite a few people that aren't even in the beauty industry, which that's fine too. No one said you have to be in the beauty industry to join story time. If you're in a, if you're in a different industry, it's all good. We welcome you. Welcome to story time. Um, I've been doing this now. This is our 19th episode, so we're here again, 9 a.m. Eastern time. I come to you and I've been reading from one of two uh, places. I've got two different books, the YFY book series. I've been reading to you. We went through an entire book already, 19 episodes in, we better have. So we went through this entire book. Your first year in the beauty industry, how to not just survive, but thrive in the business of beauty. And now we're working through your first year in salon ownership. So this book is all about the things that I've learned being a business owner for the last 10 years, you know, you learn a few things, you discover a few things, you make a lot of mistakes, you learn a lot, you experience a lot. Um, It's a journey, right? There's a lot of ups, there's a lot of downs. You learn what you're made of in different environments that you have to work in. You know, and sometimes those environments are You know, they're fun, they're exciting, they're easy. And sometimes, like right now, they're not so fun. They're not so exciting and they're not so easy. Um, But that's a part of the game. You know, I do look at business as a game. It's a game. Um, You have to learn how to play the game. You have to learn how to navigate the game. You have to learn um, the rules of the game. You have to learn a lot of different things. But it's definitely a game. Um, It's something that as you're learning about it, as you're navigating it, um, you have to know that it could change at any, any given time. You know, just because it was going, you know, one way in one direction doesn't mean that's the way it's going to keep going. And you find that out as you're starting to navigate the game, as you're starting to, you know, play and, you know, year one, year two, year three, and then you discover, you know, year four and year five, and then you think you made it, 
Uh, but some of the stats I shared with you, you know, so you would have a little bit more insight is that yes, 97% of businesses do fail in their first, you know, not even five years. It's probably more like one year to two years. I know a lot of, I have a lot of friends in the restaurant business and those, those are, I mean, that's an industry that, I mean, right now, you know, if you think about with the coronavirus and the corona economy, as it's called, um, right now, you think like restaurants are, are hurting. Um, those businesses already <clears throat> are always on the edge of going out of business. Um, I have a lot of friends that attempted restaurants and, you know, didn't work out. I have friends that, you know, are in the restaurant business and it was a struggle before. So right now, especially. So knowing that, why would you do it, right? Why would you go into business if you know that there's a 97% chance you're gonna fail? Um, you're, it's one of two things, you're crazy, right? It's one of two things, you're either crazy or you think you have an idea and you just cannot resist the urge, you're obsessed with testing it out and trying it. Uh, I think I might fall, it's, I mean, it might be both. I think I fall into both categories. I think I'm definitely a little bit crazy um, and I had some ideas that I wanted to test out, that I wanted to try. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, you'll find that same thing happens to you. There's going to be a lot of naysayers. People are going to be like, oh, that'll never work. That'll never work. How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? Uh, most of those people are people that are on the sidelines. Most of those people have never maybe even tried anything or, or maybe they did. Maybe they did try something and it didn't work out. And so now they want that to be part of your reality. So they're gonna fit into one of those two categories. Um, because it didn't work for them, they wanna, they, you know, they wanna you know, shit on your parade. They wanna rain on your parade. It's pouring right now as I was looking out earlier, as, you know, I was thinking, man, you know, but there's a lot of people that you know, have no choice, right? They're, they don't give themselves a choice. They're like, you know what, it is raining, but I'm going out there anyway. Uh, I'm a weird type of person, I like to run in the rain. You know, it kind of humbles you a little bit. You know, so no matter what camp you're in, if you're in the camp of you feel like you're crazy and you have to try this idea, or you feel like, you know, you, you just, you can't get it out of your head, right? And that's a big thing. Like there's a lot of times, you know, you have this idea in your head, you can't get it out and you want to try it. And then you take the leap into business, you know, whatever you want to call it, entrepreneurship, you can call it whatever you want. It's been called a lot of things um, by a lot of people. Um, but what I think of it as, I don't really think of it as, you know, business so much as I think of it as it's, um, I think of it as it's a, uh, it's a sport. It's almost like I look at it like business is a sport and we are the athletes, right? The people that are in the arena the entrepreneurs, the people that are building these businesses, you know, you're an athlete, but the only thing is you're season your career it can last a lot longer than most you know a lot of athletes they're you know able to do the game or play the game for only so many years or limited maybe 15 maybe 20 years if they're lucky but most of them don't even get to go that long because why what happens they get an injury the body wears out um, but in the game of business where a lot of it is it's mental you know there could be a much longer stretch you know, I'm in the beauty industry, so there is a physical component where we're working with our hands, we're standing, our backs, our necks, our wrists, our could be compromised, but in the game of business, I mean, it can go 30, 40. You know, the company that I get, you know, the fortunate privilege of working with, Paul Mitchell, 40 years, you know, 40 years in the game. You know, and that's a, that's a long time and still going and potentially could go for, a, you know, you don't hear a lot of athletes like having 100 year runs or 50 year runs. It's like, yeah, 15 years, 10 years. I mean, in the NFL, it's, it could be one year and in, in the NBA, it could be a few years. Um, but in business, it could be a 30, 40, 50, 60 year run passing on generation. There's companies out there that are 100 plus years old. You know, so the game of business can go on and on and on and on and on. And around every <clears throat> corner, around every bend, there's gonna be some kind of new challenge, some unforeseen challenge that you've never dealt with before. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in the middle of it. 
Um, and that's kind of where we find ourselves now. You know, we're um, going through this global pandemic, this coronavirus, the quarantine phase of, you know, stay at home, social distancing, the hottest word, you know, ever right now. Um, it's taped on the floors and all the stores. It's like, it's crazy. Uh, but this is this is a part of, you know, navigating. So now you have to navigate this and you have to find out, like, how are you going to navigate it? Um, so I've been sharing just different ways, different things that we're doing. And our industry, I definitely think is is pretty unique in the sense of it's really not designed to work from home not designed to be a industry or a trade or a business where you can really practice social distancing. Um, the whole premise of our industry is to put our hands on people. Um, so that poses a whole unique kind of challenge in itself. Like how do you pull that one off? Um, there's been some funny videos out there too where people are sharing, uh, you know, they had the one where the girl like had the bucket and you know her her clients laying in the shampoo bowl and she like is like six feet back and just like flint like chucks the water from the bucket splashes on her face and they got the spot mop and they're like rubbing the head from you know six feet away i mean it's, it's pretty funny um but you know humor right humor is especially in times you know that are challenging humor is a good uh good therapy to be able to help you you know get through and to be able to cope coping mechanisms right i mean some people turn to drugs some people turn to alcohol some people turn to exercise some people turn to laughter some people turn to business um how do you cope with anything you know i know for me uh when you know i'm dealing with a challenge i like to i like to a you know really get hands on the challenge i like to add more to my plate i like to it's kind of a weird thing and that's where that craziness kind of comes in play um, so work more, turn it up, turn up the heat, turn up the volume. Um, so these are different ways that people will address, you know, stress in a sense. And so as you're going through this experience, you know, you've been home now. I know we've been home. Our company, we closed down March 16th and we have an open sense. And here we are, it's April 30th, you know, so the whole month of April has gone by two weeks in March. You know, six solid weeks of being closed. Uh, we have a, you know, a date. It's still a little further out um, than we'd like, but we have a date in mind. You know, we're targeting to be back open, um, and we, that date can't come soon enough. We're ready to rock and roll. Uh, but <clears throat> in the meantime, while we're waiting and prepping and you know, hoping it gets here sooner than later. You know, we've been having a lot of fun as you guys have been coming and joining me for story time every morning, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. We get together and we go through a chapter. I share some thoughts, some ideas, and kind of rework that chapter in real time, which has been a lot of fun for me to be able to kind of do this process and this kind of real time editing um, as I'm going through it. Um, so we were, yesterday we were talking about we were in chapter six. We're going through career paths. Um, we've already read chapter seven, you only have two hands. Um, and now we're getting into chapter eight, which is financing and construction. Um, so we hit chapter one, which is why is salon ownership for you? You know, for some people it's not. For some people you got no business owning a business and that's perfectly okay. You know, there's a lot of companies out there that I study that the number two, the number three, the number four person, you know, was, uh, did amazing and had an incredible career. You don't have to be in the driver's seat, you know, to be successful. <clears throat> um, you don't have to be in the driver's seat. Some people, you know, they like, I probably couldn't have it any other way. I mean, even actually driving most of the time, if I'm in a car, I like to be driving. It's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a part of who I am, but you don't have to be in that position. So that chapter really addresses why is salon ownership even for you? Uh, maybe you should be an independent, maybe you should be a solo artist, or maybe you should work in a company and you could do amazing things, make a, have an amazing career, make an amazing living. Um, you don't necessarily have to be the driver. Um, so that's what that chapter is about. <clears throat> chapter two, starting with the end in mind. 
Um, that's about approach, right? How you build something, you design it first. So that's about really designing your business before you start. And so you're not just throwing you know, shit at the wall and seeing like what sticks. A lot of people run their business and start their business like that. You know, I was a little guilty of that in the beginning because I didn't know what I didn't know. And I thought because I was great or I thought I was great at doing hair and cutting hair that was somehow which that greatness would translate over. We've seen that attempted before. Remember, uh, there's a guy named Michael Jordan. You may have heard of him when you know, arguably greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, played for the Bulls, won six championships, had an amazing career from his college career all the way through the pros. Uh, what happened <clears throat> later in his career? What did he try to do? You know, he tried to go back and he thought, well, I played Little League Baseball. I played baseball as a kid. So he tried to go and get into the major leagues of baseball. And how did that work out for him? It didn't. <laughs> that's, the, that's the short answer. It didn't work out for him. Um, that greatness that he had as a basketball player did not, I repeat, did not translate into greatness as a baseball player. You know, so for me, when I was thinking, you know, well, I'm really good at hair. I know about hair. I'm teaching hair. I, you know, working in the, the school as an instructor, uh, you know, I got this. And I thought it would translate into my skills, my new job, my new job that I, I decided I was going to do, which is being a salon owner. And it didn't translate. So don't think that because you're good at one thing that necessarily translates. So I didn't know what I didn't know. So when I started, um, I wasn't good at being in my new job. I wasn't good at doing my new job. I wasn't good at being a salon owner. I had a lot to learn. Um, and that's going to be the case in most things, you know. Uh, so that's really where that chapter is. It's talking about starting with the end in mind, you know, designing it before you start. Um, then we got into chapter three, systems, developing your systems, how your business is going to run with or without you. Then we got into chapter four, numbers. So the numbers chapter was, you know, looking at not only the metrics that you need to know as a stylist, but what metrics do you need to be paying attention to and studying as an owner. And then we got into the hiring process. That was a fun one. You know, what do you, how do you, <clears throat> what does your process look like <clears throat> for hiring people? What is that process? What is the, you know, the mechanisms that you're going to be using? Are you developing and redeveloping your process constantly when it comes to hiring? Yes, you are. You're going to have to, you're going to have no choice. You have to redevelop. You have to develop. And you're going to find some things work really well, and then you're going to find, you know, other things don't work at all. Um, so you're going to spend a lot of time as a business owner, as a new business owner, um, at the drawing board, in front of the drawing board, trying to figure things out. <clears throat> and then yesterday we went into the chapter on career paths and talked about some of the things to think about in developing a career path, especially if you're going to build a team. You know, they want to be able to have some kind of you know, path forward and be able to have some kind of vision as to where can I go with this company? What's possible with this company? What are some of the options that are available? You know, career development, that's going to be huge. And then we touched on, we already hit the chapter on you only have two hands. You know, think about if you only have two hands and those hands are maxed out. You can't take any more guests or customers or clients you've done all you can with your two hands how do you then increase your business double your business increase your income it's about development and understanding that you know if it only works when you work it then it doesn't work it's not really a business you know if you have a if you have a business <clears throat> that only you know, really the revenue is generated by you and makes money because of you and if you were to go away for a while wouldn't be generating any revenue, then a newsflash, you don't have a business, what you have is you have a job. Now, if you're paying bills and everything associated with that job, you just have an, an expensive job or a job with <clears throat> a lot more responsibilities. And then if you were to go work in a company and just be an employee of that company, a lot of people create that. See that in the medical field a lot? 
I know people that'll create, <clears throat> I mean, I have you know friends that do lots of different jobs. I mean, chiropractors, um, if they're cracking backs, the, the keeping the lights on, the money's coming in. If they stop cracking backs, the money stops coming in. They haven't really developed a, a business, they just developed an expensive job. Same thing in the hair industry. If you're cutting hair, you make money. If you stop, you don't make money, then you don't really have, you don't really own a business. You may have a business, you know, a book of business, uh, but you don't really own a business. The business really owns you. Um, so that's where, where you think about that, only having two hands and how do you go. Uh, at some point, you're gonna be thinking about like exit. And now, when I'm talking about exit and exit strategy, I'm not talking about getting rid of your business or quitting your business. What I'm talking about is you being able to move on to another phase or another department in your company. You know, when I stopped doing hair full-time, you know, I do hair, I mean, I'm in the salon full-time, more than full-time, over full-time. I'm in the salon, like, all, that's where I live. But my work, a lot of, especially my most important work, um, isn't when I'm just behind the chair. When I'm behind the chair, I call that off. I'm like off, I'm, ha I'm having fun, I'm hanging out, I'm being a hairstylist, I'm being creative, I'm you know, you know, working with my guests, I'm, you know, I'm creating, you know? But when I'm away from the chair, you know, the work that I'm doing is, I think, more valuable because that's when I'm working on the business, I'm working on the people, I'm developing, I'm coaching, um, I'm processing, right? I'm operating the business. And so I think that's even more important. Um, but you have to understand that you only have two hands. You can only do one job at a time. And so that's where that's at. And now we're going into chapter eight, financing and construction, right? Who's going to pay for this thing, right? Who's going to pay for this, this business that you want to build? Who's going to pay for it? Do you have a rich uncle? Do you have a, you know, do you have a ton of savings? You know, when I first started, I had savings. Right, I tried to do it twice, get into the salon business, right? Failed, lost a ton of money, tried it again, lost the rest of my money, so I was ass out, right? At the end of the rope. Um, but how are you gonna pay for this? And how are you gonna build it? Are you gonna build it, right? You don't have to build it from the ground up, right? There's a lot of ways, and I've learned this the hard way from building, salons and then also buying salons. There's different ways to do it. And so we're gonna get into all that right now in chapter eight, financing and construction. We're gonna start with a quote. It doesn't take money to make money. It takes courage. Sunny D, that'd be me. So <clears throat> if you're taking notes, write that down. Cause people, you know, the saying is always, oh, it takes money to make money. You've heard it before. Uh, it takes money to make money, it takes money to make money. Well, I'm gonna say no, that's, I don't think it takes money to make money. It takes courage to make money. There's a lot of money out there and people don't know what to do with it. So if you have the courage, you know, with an idea that you're willing to try, no matter how crazy it seems or sounds, or people told you it's never gonna work, the money will be, it'll come from somewhere because you can definitely find money, you know, but if you don't have the courage to try, if you don't have the courage to, to go for it, then you're looking at, you know, probably not anything getting off the ground. So it's not necessarily that you need money to make money, you need courage to make money. There's plenty of money out there. Right, and you see right now during the Corona economy, what's going on? They're like, oh, you know, we got a money problem. No, we ain't got no problem. We'll print a trillion dollars and give it to people. Like there is money; they can make money. There's a printing press; they got it. So it's not money; it's courage, it's ideas. And so that's where we start with this chapter, chapter eight, financing and construction. Who's got my money? Now we get to talk about the so-called elephant in the room. This is where you say, sure, Sonny, all this salon ownership stuff sounds great. Build the vision, create the systems, create a career path, etc., etc." But then the questions creep in. Who is going to pay for it and how am I going to build it? Two of the questions I get the most. I decided to address them both at the same time since they go hand in hand. As soon as you ask any question, your mind will immediately go to work looking for an answer. Isn't that fascinating? The problem with that 
is initially your mind is going to think practical. So it'll look at your bank account and say, well, there's no money there. I guess I can't do that. At least not right now. And it's at that very moment that you start to distance yourself from the idea of owning your own business. Well, it's also the moment, hopefully with this chapter, I can influence you so you'll reconsider. You see, money is not your problem. I believe it was T.D. Jakes who said, if you've got a problem man or money can solve, you ain't got no problem. I believe that's 100% true. So many people put their dreams on hold because they don't see a clear path to victory because of money. A lot of people are operating with a scarcity mentality when it comes to money. For many, <clears throat> their view on money isn't even original. It's passed down from generation to generation. It's supported with stupid phrases like, money doesn't grow on trees. Well, if it's made out of paper, it actually does grow on trees, doesn't it? Or when you want to get a toy at the store and your parent says, no, what do you think? I'm made of money? You guys ever heard of any of these? It's phrases like these, and there's plenty of them that create this scarcity mentality that many people continue to carry with them into adulthood and beyond, only to arrive at a point when they're ready to start their <clears throat> new adventure and they freeze. Starting your own business takes more courage than money. There's an abundance of money on planet Earth. What there's a shortage of is courageous people with great ideas ready to execute them. When I attempted to start my first salon, which was a partnership, I had some money saved up and went full force. I invested a small amount into the salon, purchased a bunch of products, and began hiring and training staff. After a month, right before signage was to be installed, my new partner stated she wanted to hold on to certain aspects of the old salon model that she previously was okay with letting go. After that conversation, we agreed to part ways. Small setback, I thought. But no big deal, on to the next one, on to the next one. My next one was my own salon, kind of. This new partner had two locations and wanted to give, quotes, me one to run as my own. It needed a serious remodel. Let me just tell you, as I'm sharing this story, guys, give, right? Here's the key is like meeting one. Me, naive, not knowing nothing about nothing, I'm like, oh man, this is amazing. Got a salon, right? So I'm like thinking, oh, I got a salon. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I made it. I'm running it. I'm about to do it, right? But that was huge red flag. Back to the story. So this new partner had two locations and wanted to give me one to run as my own. It needed a serious remodel, and I had the money to do it. So I went full force once again. <clears throat> full force. I poured thousands of dollars into this project and we finally had our own space, only to discover after remodeling the space that my supposed new business partner, that my supposed new business partner, only to discover, guess what, was in debt up to her eyeballs and about to get evicted out of that salon space. I should have suspected something was up when after our first meeting, she handed over the keys to the space. Not having anything in writing between us, luckily, I didn't find myself on the hook and was able to walk away. However, I was not able to walk away with the remodel of the salon that had just been done or recover all the time and money spent. That was a tough one to swallow. But what was I gonna do? I had to pick myself up and keep going. The two big problems I was facing at this point though were, one, I had started hiring people to start working with us, and now we had no place to work. Two, I was broke. I had no money. This is where I had to make a decision, abandon the idea of the Salon 1.0 or figure something out. So what was I going to do? I had no salon, no job, and no money. So I decided to go to Ybor City where there's a strip of bars, clubs, restaurants, and tattoo shops, and you guessed it, get wasted. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got a tattoo. 
Nothing like getting repeatedly stabbed by a small needle to take your mind off of things. What I got though, wasn't just any tattoo. It was a big 1.0. And where did I get it? Well, if you've ever met me, then you know. It's right on the side of my neck. And so if you're on the podcast, you can't see this. I'm pointing at the tattoo on the side of my neck. Uh, this tattoo right on the side of my neck, uh, that's what I got when I was on like my ass with nothing. Um, and you'll find out why. Why there? Simply put, it's a reminder. A reminder of the journey that I set out uh, that I set out on wasn't predicated on me having money or not. The journey I set out on was to build the Salon 1.0, a great business, and change the landscape of the beauty industry forever, onward. To fast forward a bit, obviously I ended up finding a solution or else you wouldn't be reading this book. I actually found a fully furnished, brand new salon on Craigslist for $40,000. Not bad, except for the fact that I had zero dollars. When I met with the landlord and somehow convinced him to take a chance on me for only a small security deposit, which I had to beg and borrow from friends and family to come up with, to whom I'm forever grateful for. Not to mention, I also had to pawn my necklace, white gold, for $600. It wasn't money that convinced him. It was my vision and belief in my idea. That's what convinced him to forget about the 40000 and let us sign our first lease. Nine years later, now 10, here we are still in that space. Now, we're not actually in that space because after nine years, um, we moved less than a you know quarter mile right up the road into a brand new space that we built out just a couple years ago. Um, so <clears throat> making good, so nine years later, still in that space, making good on the chance he took every day. So. What about financing? Have you learned what about financing have you learned so far? Did you think I was going to drop some secret hacks to getting bank loans or something? Well, I couldn't do that because I still haven't ever got a loan from a bank. I will share a few financial resources I have discovered along the way getting started. You may not find your ideal salon on Craigslist and have to start from scratch. I'd highly recommend trying to find a secondhand location though. It's way easier and cheaper. Wouldn't you like to test out your concept with minimal risk first? That way, all you have to do is a little bit of cosmetic work, but the foundation is already there. In most cases, the landlord will give you some kind of concessions, <clears throat> either free rent or tenant allowance to help cover your build-out cost. If you get a free rent period, which the typical one is around three months, great. If you can get four, go for it. The crazy thing is a lot of people don't get something because they just don't ask. Just because three is typical doesn't mean it's permanent. I'll give you a quick example. When I was negotiating a tenant allowance for our second salon, which was going to be built from the ground up, I went and visited with a couple of other businesses in the same plaza. We talked numbers and they both shared how much they got for their tenant allowance. They said that was the standard quote. However, when I sat down with the landlord, I asked for $10 over the number that they had received. And I got it. <laughs> Why? Because I asked. What enabled me to, to what en what it enabled me to do essentially was cover the entire build-out cost. So I was only left with FFE, furniture, fixtures and equipment costs. All things that all things that we could take with us if we decide to leave. Uh, newsflash, fast forward, we did leave and we did take with us our equipment, our furniture. Um, so those are things to think about, like how you're able to negotiate certain bits and pieces are going to come into play um, and how you're using not only your money, but back to the book, unless you own the building, use OPM, other people's money like the owner of the building to cover those structural improvements. After all, it's their structure. When it comes to your FFE, there are some companies that will finance those items, but when you can, try and purchase them outright. When you finance them, you'll usually have interest 
and by the time you're done paying them off, it'll be time to replace them. When it comes to fixtures, remember this. It's not the fixture, it's the people. That pretty crystal chandelier that costs $5,000 is not going to be the reason your customers fall in love with your business. It's the experience they have working with your well-trained team and the quality of the service provided. More on that later. Another thing to consider when it comes to financing and construction costs, shop around. I'd recommend getting at least two to three bids on equipment and two to three bids on construction. Even if you're able to secure all your build-out costs from the landlord, spend their money as if it were your own. If you do, if you do find yourself doing a lot of construction, remember this, there's always, 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 always gonna be hiccups, snags, and setbacks, especially with new construction. Uh, you show me one person, I don't know many, that start you know, on time and finish on time, you'd have a tough time trying to find that person. There's always gonna be snags, hiccups, so keep that in mind, your timeline, extend it two months, three months, four months beyond what you think it's gonna take. So if you think the timeline is set in stone, it's not. From electrical to plumbing to permitting, eventually you will run into some delay. My rule of thumb is give yourself an extra 30 days from the time you might think the space will be ready. Worst case, you're in there early. Best case, you're in there on time, which is 30 days late. That's why I'm a fan of secondhand, or as the real estate brokers call them, second or third generation salons. Out of the five locations we have, the one we built from the ground up was the most stressful, time consuming, and cost intensive. It was a great experience, but I'm not itching to do it again. Uh, what else can I say about financing and construction? If you do take money from any source, try and keep it minimal. We've used Square Capital for small cash injections from time to time. It's great if you're trying to expand, complete a small project, or bridge a small gap during a lean period. It's offered from the Square Payment Company if you process credit cards with them. The way it works is, as your business grows, because your money is flowing through them, they can see your business potential. Based on that, they'll offer you a certain amount of money that they base on your future sales. Once you're funded, then they take a set percentage out of your daily sales until they recover the loan amount plus fee. The fees can range from 5% to 14% depending on how much you take. The process is super easy and once approved, the funds are usually in your account in a day or two. The landscape of financing is being disrupted right along with just about every other industry by technology. I wouldn't be surprised if in the not so distant future, a company like Amazon enters what's known as the micro lending industry. Imagine this, you're in your house and can say, hey Alexa, to request a certain amount of capital for your business. Sorry. I'm not sure about that. She's over there. She's listening. I forgot. I had one right here. Um, so you can say that to request a certain amount of capital for your business. May sound crazy, but in today's day and age, you can't rule out anything. I think our industry is safe for now. It's going to be a minute before Alexa learns how to cut hair, but everything else seems up for grabs. Mm. So I want you guys to think about that. You know, we're finding that our industry is, <clears throat> in a lot of cases, proof. You know, it's like recession proof, uh, re you know, depression proof. We're finding out it's not pandemic proof, um, but having companies out there like a Amazon, like a <clears throat> Google, like a Square, that could get into these games like that and be able to finance and and bankroll small businesses or disrupt or add to value take or value add, I think Amazon could be a big value add. And so keep an eye on that. Maybe you have an idea about that, about financing, because that's for, especially for small businesses, it's always a challenge that needs improvement on. So hopefully <clears throat> this chapter sheds some light on the mysterious subject of finance and construction. I get questions on these topics all the time. So now you know you can start where you are with what you've got. One other myth I wanna address when it comes to finance in general 
debt isn't necessarily a bad thing. We've been conditioned to think it is, but when it comes to growing a business, it's a useful tool. Every big successful company knows that, and you should too. As a matter of fact, even some of the biggest, most profitable com companies take on certain amounts of debt as a strategy. Think Apple. They may have $150 billion in cash laying around, but they still borrow money for certain projects because it's cheap, meaning low interest, or just better than using their own. Going into debt to buy things that don't produce revenue, like cars, a house you're living in, uh, other expensive toys, now that's an example of bad debt. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on money and debt specifically, listen to the YFY podcast number episode 59, the money episode. In closing, here are some of my financial advisors, people I listen to when it comes to money. Warren Buffett, Ray Dalio, Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki. They all have books with great insights on finance and business building. Check them out. I'm going to finish with my top 10 rules of finance and construction. Rule number one, play it conservative, especially in the beginning. Rule number two, refrain from trying to bedazzle your salon. Rule number three, use OPM, other people's money, when possible. Rule number four, just ask. Rule number five, overestimate time to completion. Rule number six, shop around. Rule number seven, consider small micro lenders for small injections of capital. Rule number eight, seek out second and third generation salons to rehab. Rule number nine, vet any partners first. And rule number 10, done is better than perfect. Now stop making excuses and get going. All right, so that my friends, my fellow story timers, that is the chapter on financing and construction, some of my hot takes. You know, and I think about that, you know, when I had in the beginning, you know, the fear wasn't there because I had the money and I lost all my money and had to get creative. That's when I think I was at my best. A lot of times, I mean, I've seen so many people waste so much money on salons, building salons. You come in there, it's beautiful. Three months later, it's closed. I've seen it happen so many times people that i know people that i love and i asked too i asked like you know how much did that cost how much did that cost and you're like oh this was this and this was that and it's like you got to shop around even if you have somebody else's money people get stupid you know they have somebody else's money you know we took over a salon and oh my goodness i was like looking at everything and i mean it was beautiful right beautiful spent like half a million dollars of it's just down and nothing never got off the ground uh, we went in there and started getting revenue going and building and um, it didn't work out for us um, but it had potential uh, way too big way too expensive and, and everybody knew you know i was talking with the the previous owner at one of our first meetings and i was like yeah like this is like an overspend of about <clears throat> four hundred thousand it's like a half a million I was like, yeah, you spent about you know, 400,000 too much. Because I had some experience at that point. I built you know, a few salons and understood, you, know, you, don't, you can do things on the cheap, you can do things on a budget, but that doesn't mean you're gonna, it's gonna have to look cheap or be you know, shoddy work. You can get quality and build quality if you're willing to A, roll up your sleeves a little bit, if you're willing to be creative, if you're willing to think outside the box, if you're willing to shop around, if you're willing to do some of those tips, those, those final tips, um, you can build out something. I see it all the time. Like I said, people have money they don't know what to do with. And so a lot of times they're just wasting it or they're spending it on stupid shit that's never gonna matter. You know that chandelier, it's a real story. I went in the salon and I was like, looking at the chandelier because I'm looking at everything, right? And they weren't even open. They were just about to open. And I'm just looking around. I'm like, man, I'm doing math in my head. And I started asking questions. And I'm like, I could have probably opened two or three salons for the amount of money that they wasted. And it went out of business. And, you know, secondhand, somebody else picked it up. And, you know, they're doing what they can do with it. Um, but it went out of business. 
and doors locked, all the stuff in there. Like when I found our first salon, everything, doors locked, everything came with it, down to the paper clips. And they had spent, I mean, it wasn't the size or they spent money on stupid stuff, but they had spent so much and then they didn't have uh, the right concept in the right, in the right place, in the right location. So there's lots of reasons that salons do go out of business. They're not all bad businesses though. So if you start shopping around and you're creative and you look around, you might be able to find a business to pick up. Uh, right now, I mean, coming out of the Corona economy, there's gonna be businesses for sale. Um, there's gonna be businesses that over the last month went out of business. I mean, if you got the chops, you got the know-how and you're willing to be, you have the courage, um, you may find yourself stumbling into new opportunities um, that didn't exist pre-Corona. And so the corona economy is gonna present that. You don't have to build it from the ground up. I did that, like I said, it was stressful. Got that, check that box, got that done. Never again, I don't wanna do that again. I mean, this it was dirt ground, right? Talking from laying the cement to everything. Now, I didn't personally lay the cement, um, but just navigating it, I learned a lot. But <clears throat> I wouldn't do it again. You know, one of our most successful salons, we you know we had to do a little bit of electric and plumbing, put some lighting and furnish it, and that was it. You know, our most successful salon, even less. Um, so thinking about how you're approaching this, you know, and you get caught up, you let your ego get a hold of you, and you end up like, oh, I gotta build this thing, I gotta, every nook and cranny. You're gonna spend and spend and spend and spend. It's gonna be so much money gone that you can do so much more with from marketing to hiring to advertising to keep the space smaller. Like when I did that big one, way too big, um, ridiculous. I mean, it was beautiful, everybody loved it, but it was just ridiculously big. Um, it was unmanageably big. You know, and people do that. And that's what I called my ego salon. So you'll find that, you know, you have that itch and you're like, oh, I made it. Um, bigger isn't always better. You know, how about now, right? That big ass space. I don't care what industry you're in. If your space was too big and you went to zero revenue and you had big bills because you had big space, now you got big problems. Um, so that's gonna be a little harder to bounce back. So think about that, especially going into the new Corona economy. I'm designing salons a lot smaller, very small teams. Not gonna be hard for us to social distance because we don't have a ton of ton of people in there but we've got enough space where everybody can work. So think about like how you're designing it and what your what your goals are. Um, you can have a kick-ass smaller salon, small teams. That's how I'm operating, and you can do amazing. You don't have to have this like Taj Mahal size monstrosity with you know everything's glitter, you know, and it ain't gold because that only can set yourself up for, I mean, you take a little dip or somebody goes down, two people leave, um, you could find yourself in a world of hurt. Um, so that's just some hot takes on, on financing. Think about those things <clears throat> on construction. <clears throat> I sip some of my tea, a little raspy on construction and, and how you're going to go about it. You know, there's, there's a lot of resources, but you know, get the bids. Everybody's got a number. Um, you can compare, you get the bids and you can compare so you don't end up um, losing your ass. You don't end up putting all your money into something and then boom. Um, and I've learned that from, you know, one, two, like four times, you know, I've, I've built salons that don't exist, lost tons of money, uh, overbill, under, you know, like there's different things. So take it, you know, take it from me, learn from some of my mistakes. I mean, you can bounce back, you can build again. You know, you will bounce back if you're meant to do this, if you're a business, um, if you are, you know, a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you like the taste of blood, you like when you get hit in the mouth and you like, to, you know, that gets you fired up, then um, you're going to find there, you know, you're going to, you're going to close a salon. I, you know, I, I joke around, but I tell a lot of people, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to close more salons in my life than you'll ever open, you know, and, and that's, you know, it's not, it's a shot, you know, because it is true. Um, and having opened and closed salons multiple times, you know, I've learned and had some takeaways, but how I'm approaching it, um, looking at, you know, size, looking at controlling your cost, looking at less construction, looking at other people's money, all those tips I shared at the end of that chapter, keep those in mind as you're navigating your course. Um, so hopefully you guys had a good uh, morning, hanging out, story time, 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, Eastern time, 
I'm here live, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook page over there, we're on, we got live streaming on Twitter today, all these different platforms, wherever you wanna watch, however you wanna consume. If you wanna listen, all the episodes are recorded, you can go to yfyipodcast.com and take me on the go, take story time on the go while you're out for your walk, your run, your corona hike, whatever you're doing, um, you can take me out there and you can listen. And um, if you wanna come back and watch any of these, they're all on my Facebook pages. Um, you can see these recordings, uh, it'll be on the story. But yeah, just check out the podcast, yfypodcast.com and all book related things. You can go to yourfirstyearin.com. And uh, last but not least, still got some of these YFY limited edition iHeart t-shirts. Um, if you want them, they're free. You just gotta pay a little shipping. I think it's like five bucks. Um, but on my Facebook page, you'll see the promo codes show everybody so yfy the limited edition iheart t-shirts we have them in men's cuts we have them in women's cuts you go on the website um, look for yfyi swag um, the promo codes it's storytime m for the men's storytime w for the women's um, they're free you just pay for shipping and it's on its way and then all the books are 20 percent off and you can get either um, of them your first year in, your first in salon ownership, both of those 20% off right now at yourfirstyearin.com. Use the promo code PMTSFP. So hope you guys are having a great morning. Hope you're staying safe. I'm excited to see you guys tomorrow morning for story time. We'll be back right here, same time, multiple channels uh, for story time. So thanks for hanging out, guys, and I will talk to you guys soon. Hey guys, Sunny D here again. Hopefully you guys got lots of takeaways from that chapter. You know, that's the one that I constantly think about. You just gotta keep in mind guys, the landscape is changing. It's always evolving. There's gonna be different ways, different resources, things that you can't even imagine are gonna be happening. When it comes to financing and construction, make sure you you know use those 10 keys those top 10 that i shared at the end of the chapter use those um, they won't steer you wrong i use those currently um, if i add anything to them or take anything away i will let you know but they have been just lessons learned hard so hopefully you can take some of those things and implement them into your journey into your vision into what you're doing as you build i uh, wish you all the best and the most success as you're building your business um, keep in mind you don't have to build it um, all in one day. If you don't have the money, that's not your problem. Um, you can figure out a way. If you got the idea, there's plenty of money out there with no direction. So keep that in mind as you're going out there and going after your, your vision. Uh, thanks again for tuning in to the YFYI podcast. For all things podcast, go to yfyipodcast.com. And for more information on the YFY book series, go to yourfirstyearin.com. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. And remember, this is the podcast where you come to learn how to build your business right once or else you will be doomed to have to build it again. Thanks for listening, guys, and I'll talk to you soon.